You're listening to the Multiverse Fancast, proud member of the Misfit Faction Media Network. All right, then. On with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Multiverse Fancast. Don't forget, if you guys are listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, basically anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also find more of our content on our website, themisfitfaction.com. There you find links to not only this show, but some of our other shows like Cinematic Adventures, which just had its 100th episode, and MF, Uns- and MF Uncensored, as I've been interrupted by a woo-woo. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Paul, and with me via the Zoom studio is Ronnie. Ronnie, how are you today? I'm doing swell, sir. How are you? Oh, I can't complain, Ronnie. I'm just happy that you and I are getting a chance to sit down and do this. Oh, thousand percent. So just just a little behind the scenes stuff. So I had to work on Friday, right? And originally I was supposed to work at like six o'clock. So we were supposed to go see the movie at like 11 a.m., then record, and then I was going to go to work. But because of the borderline hurricane that was rolling through, my work schedule switched to I had to be there at noon. So I managed to finish work. Ronnie and my wife, producer Melanie, were sitting in the theater waiting for me. And I managed to get there just as the, the first trailer was done. I missed the Little Mermaid trailer, and I was very upset about it. Yeah. What were the other trailers? I don't think there was anything else that was really worth uh, I never remember. Avatar. Avatar, which, eh. Yeah. And then I think there was one more. Maybe, Probably. possibly. I don't know. It's weird because, like, when we go to, to uh, AMC, it's forty-two trailers. When we yep. go, when we go to our local movie theater, it's three, and we don't remember any of them. Nope. Nope. But we are excited because this is a movie that has a lot of anticipation behind it, has a lot of emotion behind it, has a lot of thought behind it, and that is uh, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. So, obviously, this movie had a lot of fan thoughts going into it because of the tragic passing of Chadwick Boseman. And, you know, we here at, at MF Uncensored and Multiverse Fancast and all those shows, we we love Chadwick Boseman. We thought he was fantastic, yeah. not just as Black Panther, but like, you know, he played in 42, a ton of other things. And he just seemed like a really good dude. So it, it was a shame that we didn't get a chance to see what this movie would have been with him in it. Not to say that it was bad or good. We're going to save our thoughts as usual. We're going to do a non-spoiler review and just kind of say our very generic thoughts based off of trailers and public information. We'll do a quick break and then we'll come back for spoilers. So before we do that, we do have one other depressing – this could be a depressing episode. Yeah, right? I was just thinking that. So <laughs> – we, we also had Kevin Conroy passed away this week. So at the time of recording, it's a Sunday, November 13th. It was a few days ago that he passed. And yeah. it was heartbreaking. Yeah. I was really upset about it. He was only 66. Like, that's that's young. Yeah. He was young, yeah. And uh, for those of you guys who don't know, and if you're listening to a comic book podcast, you probably know who Kevin Conroy yeah. was. But uh, he was the iconic voice behind Batman from Batman the Animated Series on. And to a lot of a lot of people, a lot of fans, he was Batman. He was the yeah. voice of Batman, and you know he even got a chance to play a live action Batman for Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah, that was cool. That was that was really cool. It was so strange seeing his voice or hearing his voice with seeing him. Yeah, because like <laughs> when you first hear his voice in that episode, it's from off camera. So yeah. so you're like, it's Batman. And then he walks down. And you're like, that doesn't match. No, that's not Batman. It's it's weird because like your mind just associates because you know obviously I I think we've talked about Batman the animated series not too much but it's maybe we'll even do an episode for yeah. Kevin Conroy but 
he was like the Batman. Like he, uh, he Batman. Yeah, he played him in Batman the Animated Series, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, a bunch of the different movies, the Arkham City or the Arkham series of video games. Like he, yeah, he was all over it. And you know, between him and Mark Hamill, they were a very yeah. definitive duo of of voice actors. Yes, I, I'm ashamed. I'm I'm really sad that I never got a chance to meet him at like Comic Con or anything like that. I feel like he would, yeah, like he's just seemed like such a good person. But uh, any thoughts on Kevin Conroy, Ronnie? You know, he will be missed, you know, for everything that he's done for the character of Batman. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if it, if it really wasn't for him, you know, you wonder how things would have gone with Batman. Would he have been as popular? You know, because he just absolutely nailed that role. Even though it was just his voice and everything, but he just absolutely nailed it. So, you know, it's, it's sad you know, another young, you know, I mean, 66 isn't like young, but, you know, at the same time, that's young to pass away, especially from cancer. And, you know, it's almost like, in a way, the theme of the show. Well, did, know, did, they, did they say how he passed away yet? It, he did have cancer. I'm pretty, you know, I don't know if that was the reason. I don't know. They haven't said anything yet. At least so I'm pretty sure he had cancer. I don't know what kind, mm-hmm. but I so know. I didn't know he was gay. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. But, so I mean, you you know, so but overall, you know, it's sad. But he left he left his mark when it comes to you know the quote unquote geek culture. Oh yeah, he like the amount of celebrities too that that have been like. Yeah talking about him and really just kind of saying and mark hamill gave like a really nice tribute to him and yes. like they were very good friends like i think mark hamill once said that he won't even read a script if kevin conroy's doing it he's just gonna do it yeah. so i i always respected that because you, you often wonder voice actors especially like playing batman and the joker like how much do they interact with each other how much do they actually like work together yeah so it, it's interesting to see that kind of dynamic and to also see like they were really good friends. It, it makes my heart full knowing that there was like yeah. so much love there. It's like the Rock and Kevin Hart. Yeah, right. The two of them, <laughs> or like you, you got a lot of, or like a Tim Allen and uh, help me out here, Buzz and Woody. Oh, Tim Allen and wow, wow, Tom Hanks. Uh, yes, Ooh. thank. Ooh. Wow, Ooh. wow. Ooh. It's it's early, guys. <laughs> Sorry, but uh, like the two of them, you could definitely tell are friends also in real life. Yeah. But so that that's it for our news. Unfortunately, it's depressing news. We're really sorry about that. But the episode is not going to get much more uplifting. Yeah. So let's start with our initial thoughts of Black Panther Wakanda Forever without spoilers. So again, no spoilers, nothing that hasn't been seen in, in trailers or teasers. So if you guys have not watched anything for this, maybe a spoiler. But yeah. um, nothing, nothing too crazy. But so this movie starts off with, you know, they address it. They address the, the elephant yeah. in the room very quickly. It's done very tastefully, in my opinion. Again, not a spoiler, but just this is where yes. the movie kind of starts. But initial thoughts on just the, the movie as a whole, Ronnie. I mean, for me, it it didn't blow me away. It was still a good movie. There was, in my eyes, an amazing surprise that we got in the, you know, which, again, we'll talk about later on because this i'm pretty sure was not talked about at all Mm -hmm. i could be wrong but overall good quality movie for marvel they needed a win and they definitely got a win with this because they've been getting some 
you know, losses or some so-so kind of stuff, you know, so it was nice to see a win for Marvel finally. Yes. Which is weird to say. It's weird to say Marvel finally got a win in recent times. So I think the best thing that works in this movie's favor is, and we've talked about this at nauseum, is it goes against the Marvel formula. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, with a movie like this, you couldn't, you couldn't have the fun, jokey, entertaining tone like an Ant Man or or even like an Iron Man, because it is yeah. dealing, it's dealing with loss and it's dealing with people yeah. moving on, and we get to see each of these characters deal with loss in different ways, and some, some are are it's very real. Yeah. And the characters in this movie make bad decisions based on their loss and their and their how they're feeling. So it, it's interesting. It really kind of dives deep. But there are a couple, you know, it, they have their jokey moments, and but they are very few and far between. I was kind of yeah. I was kind of surprised with how how much I wasn't laughing in this movie, which is terrible, I guess. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if it's terrible. I think because because of the first one, you had quite a few moments where you did kind of chuckle maybe not necessarily laugh mm-hmm. at you know but with this movie i i can't remember i don't think i laughed or chuckled at one thing at all like i think this movie was very somber serious yeah. and somber and everything so yeah well when we when we do spoilers we're going to talk about the characters and you know the returning characters and where they're at and because, like I said, there are some. This movie didn't blow me away either. It was good. It yeah. was very high quality. Yeah. It was well shot. There, there are some some interesting decisions based on not only the yeah. the director but also the characters. The characters make some bad choices in this movie, but they're yeah. you know, and we'll we'll talk about that. But it, it's very strange. It like some of these characters who are very smart and very capable, yeah, make very bad decisions and. Unfortunately, like it all works out, but yeah. I, I would have been okay if it didn't for once. Yeah, I was gonna say it's Marvel, so everything works out. Yeah, it's got to be about the next property and what comes next, and we're gonna talk yeah. about that too because we have a lot of theories. So yes. with that, we are gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we are doing our full spoiler review for Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. But first, a quick break. Hey guys, it's Paul, and the Misfit Faction is looking for your help. We are trying to grow not only our network, but also grow our brands, and the best way to do that is if you guys are looking to start your very own podcast. Maybe you guys have been listening to us for a while. Maybe it's something you guys have always wanted to do, but you're not sure how to get started. If you go to podbean.com slash Misfit Faction, you guys will get a month of free podcasting on us. That is a gift from us. So make sure if you guys are looking to start your own show, you reach out to us and go to podbean.com slash Misfit Faction. Also, maybe you guys have your own online business or service that you're always looking to grow and advertising is a very big part of that if you guys go to sponsorship.podbean.com slash misfit faction you guys can get a hundred dollars worth of free advertising again as a thank you from us to you guys that's sponsorship.podbean.com slash misfit faction All right, we are back, and again, this is our full spoiler review for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, so if you haven't seen it yet, turn off the episode, come back after you've seen it, because we are going to break down everything. So, first and foremost, this movie, 
there was not a sound in the opening scene. Like no, the, the entire theater yeah. was dead quiet, and we had we had teenagers in there, we had kids in there, we had kids that were annoying in there because we're old and curmudgeonly now. But yeah, right. um, you kids with your rock and roll music. <laughs> but when the so the opening Marvel logo pops up, and they did what they did for Stan Lee, where it's all Chadwick Boseman, it's all him yeah. from the movies. It's it's got a purple color into it, and when that popped up, the whole. thing theater was dead silent apparently that has happened all around the country like there are reports of theaters just being so quiet during that yeah which is which is nice because i really do feel like he deserved it but they they don't they don't say how he died and i think we talked about it in our our preview episode yeah just something about an illness unknown disease illness yeah so which is interesting because like obviously they're very technologically advanced i think sure even says like he didn't tell me until it was too late to save him. Yeah. So it, it was an interesting start. And it shows, you know, it starts off with Shuri trying to recreate the heart shaped herb using technology, something that hasn't ever been done before. So it was interesting to see Shuri, who's like the smartest person, I would argue the smartest person in the MCU. Yeah. Really struggling. And again, she's supposedly the smartest person in the MCU. However, comma, she decided <laughs> that fighting. Again, full full spoilers. Fighting the Namor and his people on water was the best decision she could possibly make. Yeah. Dumb. Uh, yeah, you know, it's one of those like I guess she 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 had a plan, which the plan ended up working. But I think it was just one of those well they know that they're smart enough people to know to not go to land. Mhm. And fight. So, but they did. They went to Wakanda themselves. Oh yeah. So I, I let's talk about Shuri really quick. So Shuri's dealing with incredible loss. Now she does become the Black Panther. We we everybody kind of knew that that was where it was going to go. Yeah. I actually would have been okay if they had uh, who's the other Nakia. I would have been okay if she had actually become Black Panther. But yeah, that that's what I said. I said it's probably going to be Shuri. Yeah. Right. Or it, in my eyes, if it wasn't going to be her. It was going to be Nakia or uh, who was the, the second Anika? Oh, the new one of the newer ones. The one that had the new suit. So you had Okoye with that blue suit. Yeah. And Anika was wearing the blue that blue suit. I forget what they called it. I I forget it. It had a cool name to it, but it was definitely something. Yeah. From, Midnight Ar- Angel Armor. The yeah. mid, which is a cool name, Midnight Angel. Awesome. Yeah. But so Shuri is dealing with loss. And I, I did enjoy how for Shuri, she's a very scientifically and logical person. Like she she doesn't believe in the astral plane. She doesn't believe in any of that stuff. She believes it's all just a construct of a person's mind. And, you know, like it's it's interesting. Her and her mom have a very philosophical debate discussion in the beginning of the episode or beginning of the movie where she literally says i don't believe in that stuff but i'm glad you do and i'm glad it makes you feel better because it doesn't help me and if i sit here for too long thinking about my brother i just want to burn the world down shuri is edgy in this but then i i really wish that i I didn't want them to kill namor who we'll talk about in a second but i'm i would have been okay if like they lost that they didn't win because shuri was acting purely out of aggression yes and I would have been okay if Shuri had become kind of a not a villain per se, but like an anti-hero almost. Yeah, because like a lot of people do die at the end. Oh, yeah, which is very confusing. It because at the end, you know towards the end when they're on that ship, mm-hmm. it, it's it was weird because it was like if you look at all the 
people that I want to call them Atlanteans. I know. I'm, I keep stopping myself. The Talokin, Talokin, however you pronounce that. Yes. Right. They they have them surrounded, and the, and you look and there's only like twenty of them. I'm like, so where did all? And then when they leave, there's like a hundred plus warriors. I'm like, well, where were the other hundred or so warriors? They were putting. They were taking water out of the boat with a bucket. <laughs> Get the vibranium yeah, right? buckets. <laughs> but I, I I found it very interesting. And then obviously, she does she doesn't take the role of queen at the end of the movie. And we'll talk about yeah. M'Baku too, because we love M'Baku. He's probably one yes. of our favorite characters. But she keeps the mantle of Black Panther. Yeah. And so Ronnie and I were talking about this off uh, off air beforehand because we weren't sure. Like it was it was a little strange. Did she take the role of queen when she became Black Panther and then give it away? But then we also yeah. were talking about how T'Challa had the role of Black Panther while his father was still alive. Yeah. Right? Like when Civil War starts, he's obviously already taken the heart-shaped herb. He has the suit of armor and his father's still king. Yeah. So I guess like the ritual combat is more to determine who's going to be the rightful ruler. And yeah. not going to lie, I don't think Shuri would have beaten M'Baku in one-on-one combat. Yeah, because when you do the one-on-one combat, you take the power of the herb out of you. Right. And so, we know she can't fight. Yeah, she's much more technologically based. Yeah, she, she needs a weapon in order to do what she's got to do. You know, so she would have, yeah, she would have lost was it, do you think there was a lot of CGI or too much CGI involved? You know, at times, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and at sometimes too, like the CGI just didn't look right. Right. You know, you know, but you know, I mean, that's the problem with a movie like this is everything needs to be CGI. Well, see, I'll argue you know? that because like you watch Civil War and Civil War, yeah. it is him in like an actual physical suit. Yeah, and but then you get to Black Panther, and there are scenes where it's like, well, that's not him; that's CGI. Like, yeah, and unfortunately, with with Marvel stuff, like you can tell when when it's just not that person. Yeah, and you could definitely tell. And sure, the fact that Shuri was able to fight so well after becoming the Black Panther, I wanted to see her stumble and fall. Like she punches the armor and it goes flying. I was like, I don't remember the Black Panther being that strong. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, I, it was weird because you would think you would need to have. Like, I know it enhances, you know, because it, it's not like it gives you powers. It, you it know, does it, to it, a it, point. It enhances your strength, your speed, and all that. Which, yeah, she probably has all that. Mm-hmm. But the fighting, like, uh, it just magically gives you instinct when it comes to fighting. Is like, hmm. You, you know, it makes sense for that we've seen with the Black Panther title because they were warriors or what have you and everything. So it was just, <laughs> it just gave her powers to fight, I guess, too. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, like, she's been in battle, but she was always using yeah. the Panther Blasters. Yeah. Which were cool, and they integrated them into her suit, which was cool, too. Yes. But, like, and then she gets skewered in this. Like, yeah. she takes, like, a spear to the stomach and no blood. There is no blood in this movie at all. I know. We yeah. have to, you have to think about it. There's no blood. Like very, like no. maybe like one or two cuts, but like some of these yeah. people are getting like eviscerated. And like Shuri, when she breaks it and then steps off, there's no blood on that thing. No. Yeah, and it was cool because when she does that too, you can see like the self healing. Yeah. You know, come. It's not just 
you know, one shot to another. It's mm-hmm. almost like, you know, you saw that with Wolverine too. Yeah. Like you, you could see, you know, the skin healing back together or what have you. So, so moving on though, I want to talk about Namor. So yeah, Namor was badass, and I liked him. I really liked him. Namor follows in the vein of Killmonger where you understand them. You you have a sympathy for them. So basically, we find out in this movie, the only reason that Namor is there is because of this vibranium detecting machine. Basically, once Wakanda was like, hey, we're going to open up to the world. And here, people wanted vibranium. They wanted to create the kind of weapons that, you know, Wakanda had. And they thought, like, that opening scene is badass with with the queen. And, you know, she was awesome in this movie. We loved Angela Bassett at... at, Right? No, not Angela Bassett. What? Oh, my God. I need to lay down. I'm terrible. Oh, no, Angela Bassett. I was right. God, she does a great job in this movie and conveys so much emotion. But she's another one that makes a stupid decision where she's like, yeah, General, you're done. Years of service yeah. and, you know, you gave up your marriage and your love. But, yeah, you you done messed up. So, yeah, fired. But so for Namor, the idea that he was they, – they were content just living underwater and not – you know, bothering yeah. the world. But then once this machine that could detect vibranium was discovered, like now, now we're in danger because of Wakanda. So Wakanda has a responsibility to help us. I get that. Yeah. That's realistic. Yep. What did you think of Talokan? Not, not Atlantis under any circumstances. <laughs> you know, it was basically just underwater Wakanda, mm-hmm. you know, and you could see, you know, at the end of the movie, you know, when they're when she's got the spear through her and, you know, you can kind of see her. She's like she sees the parallels. You know, she's like imaging. Yeah, she's making the parallel to, you know, you know, this scene in Wakanda, this scene in Talokan and everything like that. So, you know, it was cool. I did like that when they were speaking underwater. It sounded like they were speaking underwater. Right. Like, you know, like sometimes you're watching something and they're underwater and you hear them just as clear as you can hear us right now it's like that's not realistic Mm -hmm. but here it was and the mayan language that they use and everything and you know it it goes to how smart both countries are Mm -hmm. or whatever you consider talican if it's a country or civilization whatever you want to call it the nation yeah nation you know because it's like they're they're able to speak all these different languages you know, and so is the Wakandans as well. You know, you have them speaking French, Mayan, you know. So. All sorts of things, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I did enjoy seeing that. But I also felt like they were not nearly, A, as technologically advanced, like underwater. Yeah. But also, B, it was so dark, like all the time, which, you know, producer Melanie and I were talking about it. She's like, well, it's underwater, dummy. Yeah. And I said – I, I, it was hard for me to not picture Atlantis from the Aquaman movie, which was very bright and very colorful right. and very like, here's our world. And I did like the sun thing, you know, like I, I brought the sun yeah. to my people. That was really yeah. the biggest technological thing, though, that they had. Yeah, yeah, I, just the little castle area. That I, was it. Yep. I did like and how the tunnels, the tunnels, yeah, they were lit up too. First but tunnel things, yeah. The current tunnels. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, first one they went through all in my head. Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo, yeah. No, crush. Oh yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't get away from that. It's all Disney, but <laughs> I, I liked how they made him a mutant in a different yes. kind of way. It's, it's interesting. I have no problem if vibranium is kind of the cause of mutations. They can, they yeah. can write it a, a certain way. He, they take some liberties with his story, which, 
whatever. I was never like, I am a Namor purist. I gotta yeah. get my Namor fix. But um, yeah, I, I enjoyed him. I want to see him back again. And I do like how yes. at the end, he's he's still smart. He's like, I have their sympathy. I yeah. have their empathy. So now when I need them, they will be there and you know, vice versa. So I actually yeah. have no problem with them finding peace at the end or at yeah. least an unsteady truce almost. But I really liked how the Talikans, when they came out of water, they turned blue. Yes. But underwater, they looked, you know, like, I don't want to say normal, uh, but. Yeah. So I, I thought that was a really interesting creative choice. Because when they first come out and they're blue, I was like, oh, we just saw the Avatar trailer. Yeah. They never explain how they're so much tougher. I mean, I guess they do with, like, when they talk his backstory, they, be, you know, yeah. they became water people. But it's it's interesting because, like, they're, they they make it in the beginning they're like well we can't hurt them and then at the end they're yeah. like we can hurt them don't worry yeah very all you gotta do is take them out of what fish out of water no but like even when they fight on the bridge yeah who is it okoy is like i like almost i killed four of them and then they got up and they were fine yeah but then at the end they're like no they're, they die they die yeah right yeah, <laughs> it was gotta, just it was just a fluke right there. They got it. It's got to be happened during daylight in order for you to kill them. <laughs> it's got to be on a Wakandan boat, didn't you know? <laughs> but uh, so let's talk about. We have Nakia returning. Yeah. We find out. So they. I I want to rewatch the movie to kind of see more. So basically, we find out that after the blip happened, she disappeared. She left Wakanda completely. So yeah. you know, we knew Okoye survived the blip because obviously she was still in Endgame and she was kind of helping yeah. Natasha, but. I, I found it interesting they bring it up and she's like, well, I just disappeared. And then she didn't make it to the funeral and all that. We find out at the end that she had a son with T'Challa named uh, yeah. Toussaint, who is secretly yeah. actually named T'Challa. What, what are your thoughts on Nakia and now baby T'Challa? So I, I, I like Nakia. I've I liked her since the first movie. I thought she's a great character. You know, yeah, she played the love interest, but she didn't play a damsel in distress love interest that we pretty much always get mm -hmm. you know we, we got a warrior in her and you saw that in the first movie you saw that in this movie and everything the whole sun thing i don't know it's a very old writing trope yeah yeah it, it's like all right you know it was kind of expected when she was like oh we and i'm like oh there you go as soon as the kid walked out i was like oh yeah, that. you know, so who knows what they're going to do with the kid? Like, I wonder, is he going to end up playing a role or are we just going to see him this one time and that be it? Because this movie is making money. So it's... Oh, we're going to see likely, more, yeah. Yeah, we're going to see a third one. Who knows, you know, where it's going to be and everything in what phase, but... Well, we have... You know, so, we have the Ironheart TV show. So we'll, let's talk about Ironheart next. So Riri Williams gets introduced. She's the one who creates this machine. And she is a very Tony Stark genius level type character. In the comics, yeah. she was actually tr like more recruited by Tony Stark, which would make sense why she made an Iron Man costume. Yeah. But um, instead, the Wakandans are trying to protect her. And she's the comedic relief also in this film for the most part. Like yes. She's the one who, who cracks the most jokes because she's also more of the audience surrogate. Like yeah. being a technically normal quote unquote person thrown into this amazing world. Yeah. But uh, what did you think of Riri Williams? I liked her. I'm excited. You know, this, this I think they put her in there just to get more excitement for her show. Mm -hmm. I feel like she's more um, of a which, MacGuffin. Yeah. Which, you know what? 
it, it did its job. I'm ex I, I'm curious to see what Ironheart is going to be about. Is it going to be after this movie? Is it going to be before this and leads, you know, like, is it going to be some before Wakanda forever and some after it? But overall, great character. You know, like you said, you kind of relate to her mm -hmm. in a way. I mean, minus I'm not that smart, but, you know, other than that smart, other than the genius part, like, it, like she's very relatable. You know, she's, I got this suit. I've never used it before. I don't know how to fight. I don't know how to really do anything. But this is kind of cool. I can help out. Yeah, know? I mean, after Ramonda saves her, she, she feels yeah. a debt. And that's also a big part of this. Like, characters who, you know, feel indebted to previous. And we'll talk about that when we talk about Ross in a minute. But for Ironheart, I would like to see her in the Armor Wars movie. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. You know? I'm, I'm sure we will. It'd be a fun cameo, at least. Because uh, yeah. Ironheart does take place after this movie. That's what it said. But yeah. like otherwise, we really don't know too much about Ironheart or even Armor Wars too. I mean, Armor Wars was supposed to be was supposed to be the an, a series, but then they moved it to yeah. an actual film. Indeed. Yeah, it's gonna come out in late 2023. You're gonna have a six episodes, part of Phase Five. Okay. And, yeah, but not a whole lot besides she's gonna be in it and Anthony Ramos as the Hood. Yeah. Uh, All right. But uh, yeah, so moving on, because I want to save M'Baku for, for the end because I love him so much. We have Everett Ross returning and we find out a bombshell about Everett Ross. He was married yeah. to Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Yeah. Who is now the director yeah. of the CIA. Yeah. That was a nice little surprise having her in there. They, I think the two of them, I would watch that series. Oh, yeah. The two of them just dealing with being oh. like working together in a superhero world, being divorced. Yeah, they, but now he's a wanted man, so now now he can't. Yeah, I'm. I'm I was kind of surprised when they they did that. Yeah, but I I really dug like she she outsmarted him. Yeah, and we've been seeing more and more of her. Obviously, she's also it's really to set up the uh, the Thunderbolts thing. Thunder. Yeah, which I don't have a problem with. But uh, no. she's she's a setup character, and if when we get well, to you know what, what wasn't Ross in the Thunderbolts? I don't know if he is going to be in Thunderbolts, but uh, so I wonder I, if that's how they get him tied into that. If he's going to be, I I hope so. We we do like Everett Ross, you know. We yeah, we did not like him in Civil War though, which is even funnier. No. Like when he first comes in, <laughs> yeah. he's going to be in Secret Invasion though. Okay, so Maybe that's what I was yeah. so I'm okay with that. But uh, yeah, we, we like Ross, and I think the fact that he is so loyal to Wakanda after what happened in Black Panther, it's yeah. just really like, I was watching Black Panther before we went to go see this movie, and I really was just like, I really do like Ross. He is just yeah. such like a, he seems like a really just nice guy, a good person, and yeah. the, when they start going back and forth, and then you find out that she's the ex-wife, I was dying. I thought that was one oh, of yeah. He's an He was another source of comedic timing and just... Yeah. Because he's he's very level headed. He's very like here's you know here's what we do. Here's what we should do. And then it's like, well, you're doing the opposite. Stop it. Yeah, right. <laughs> but you know, obviously, yeah, he he is wanted at the end. So I'm curious to see because Shield is kind of around, but also kind of not. Around. It's very confusing. Yeah. Same with the Avengers. They don't even mention the Avengers in this, which is one of my gripes. Really, gripe it. I think it would have been nice at his funeral. To have someone there. Mm -hmm. so representing the Avengers? Yeah. You know, I mean, he was a big part of, you know, what, three movies with them? Mm -hmm. Right? So 
I mean, I don't know who you want to put. I I would have loved to have seen a Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier, Hulk, Hulk. Yeah, you know, I I think one or both of those two should have been there. I agree. You know, because you a you you know Bucky Barnes is going to be around for some time. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's you could have easily used him. Could have had know. Sam Wilson there. Yeah, you know, so. I, that's one of my gripes with this movie is there's no men- – I think the only mention – I think – did we get a Hulk mention? Yeah, that Namor is po- possibly as strong as the Hulk. That's what Mbaku says. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like the only mention that we got of outside, like, Wakanda stuff. Right. You know, was him mentioning that. I – that's one again. You don't always want them to pull, but from like other had, stuff. But at the, the same Tony time, Stark. His, yeah, yeah. Like with his funeral, like you, there should have been at least one Avenger there. I mean, if they had done like a passing line, even where it was just like, "This is our private funeral." We had like the world mourns, and the Avengers were there, and all that. Like if they yeah. had, they had just written that in somehow, I think it would have been better. But yeah. like the fact that. Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes and like even like I, I don't want to say Spider Man because obviously he was not he didn't interact with Wakanda at all. Yeah. But like some of these characters who like Black Panther was at sure he was at Tony Stark's wedding funeral like they <laughs> they made it a point yeah. and did they just not want to spend the money did they just not want to did they want to make it more personal I was like that that's like it's your fr- yeah. it's like your friends. He, yeah, it sucks like that. I, I do agree. That is one of my gripes. I mean, it makes sense with Wakanda being a very like, we're, this is us. Yeah, we don't care about everybody else. But it, it was but at the same time. Bucky Barnes is almost like considered the white a Wakanda. Yeah. He lived there for I, I forget how long he was there for, but he was there for some time, mm-hmm. you know, and the people there loved him, too. So, yeah, it was just weird not having him there. But, it would have been a nice five-second cameo because yeah. I feel like we're also not getting as many cameos. Like Doctor Strange could have been there. Yeah, like it's it's a shame, and I think that was a lost opportunity to add some more emotional weight to it. Not that this movie wasn't emotionally heavy to begin oh, with, but yeah. yeah, let's talk about Baku, our yes. uh, arguably our favorite character in the entire series. Yeah, which is weird considering like he starts off as an antagonist in the Black Panther. Yeah. But now, yep. now he's like the most level-headed out of all of them. Yeah, which they even mention in this. You know, they're like, you're the one that always wants to go to war and everything, and now all of a sudden you don't. And he brought up a good point. He was like, listen, they call him a god. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, we, we beat aliens and you name, you know, people from out of this world, whatever, but we're going up against a God here, and we, we gotta if, be smart about this. And if we kill their God, we kill their people. Yeah, like is that what we want to be? Do we want to yeah. be like Umbaku's a very interesting character? Where in this movie, he's very different than what he was, and it, it felt natural though. Like it felt like a progression, and I loved him and Shuri's scenes. Like when he's, you know, your brother asked me to to guide you and, and be your friend. You you're not making the right decision, and again, that's why I kind of wish it didn't work out. And because yeah. it, it wasn't because she realized that Mbaku was right. It's just that she finally saw that, you know, and she says the same line that uh, T'Challa says to Zemo, where it's, uh, he said, you know, vengeance has consumed you. It's consuming. I'm done letting it consume me. So yeah. I like that parallel. 
Yeah. But I would have liked to see, like, in her little mind montage of rationalizing that she is not Killmonger, that, like, you saw M'Baku just, like, that second, that second where he's like, hey, like, you're doing the wrong thing. Yeah. But it, it, I really did enjoy him. I hope he does become King of Wakanda. I would love to see that. Oh, yeah. Especially now that he is way more, like... I, I level-headed. Yeah, level-headed, I guess, is the best way to say it. Yeah. But we also have a return of a character that you alluded to in the the pre-spoiler section, so I'll let you drop this one. Yeah, so we have a very nice surprise, in at least in my eyes, I'm sure in most people's eyes, is we had Michael B. Jordan reprising his role as Killmonger, which, I mean, yeah, you saw him in the astral plane. It's not like he was, quote-unquote, there mm-hmm. you know but you know it honestly him speaking i got chills like he the way he portrays that character it is just amazing oh absolutely I mean, it, it, it was great to have him back and for him to be the one that shuri sees too and then when they asked who'd you see she was like no one like she didn't want to admit that she wants to quote unquote be like him in a way, you know, at that moment, because at that moment, obviously she just wanted beginning revenge. of the movie. She lost her brother middle of the movie. She lost her mother, you know? So then it was, I got to do something. And now I, all I want is vengeance. Mm-hmm. He is vengeance. So, I am the knight, <laughs> but I, I did enjoy the scene with Killmonger because again, it went against the Marvel trope where it could have yeah. very easily been he so like at the end of Black Panther, he and T'Challa come to a an understanding and T'Challa actually shares Wakanda with the world because of Killmonger. Like there yeah. there is an understanding of, of the parallels between the two of them. So I liked how they experimented this with Shuri, but they could have easily been like, No, I did the wrong thing. You have to be a better ruler than me. He's like, nah, man, kill them all. Yeah. Like, you that's what I would do. And that's why you're seeing me because you need me right now. It was yeah. very interesting. And it's, it makes me curious because in the first – in Black Panther, this was just pointed out to me. When he sees his father in the astral plane, there are bars on the window. Bars on the window. So it's yeah. almost like he's trapped in that little apartment. Yeah. So I was looking at like the background and she, he's in the throne room. But I'm not sure if like – like when T'Challa went, it was a very open plane. The other Panthers yeah. were there. So I was curious. But it was such a great scene. Oh, yeah. Like, again, I, I got chills too with it, and just, it, it is wild that they got him yeah. back and nobody knew. No. No, it was, you know, everyone was like, oh, is he going to somehow come back to life and be the new Black Panther? That you was know, a that, big that rumor. Was, that was the rumor, and then obviously you had the trailers come out, and you could see it was a female figure mm-hmm. as the Black Panther and everything. But, yeah, no, it was nice. It was really good seeing him, yeah. Oh, and Ronnie is frozen. Oh, he's unfrozen. No, I'm not. You were for a second. It was wonderful. Oh. <laughs> but uh, any other characters we want to talk about really quick? I think we got we got most of the main ones. There are some other characters in this, but like they're, yeah. they, they're more background characters. But anybody else? Anything else? No, that's pretty much everyone. That's, you know, all the big people. You know, you had, we mentioned briefly Okoye. Mm-hmm. Uh, she... You know, she. We feel bad for her in this movie. Yeah. Oh, that was heart wrenching. Yeah. When she gets quote unquote. When she fired. breaks down. Yeah. Oh. I I like I watched it. I was like, oh, that's rough. Like. 
She gave everything for this. Apparently, uh, her husband, the guy who played her husband, I forget his name, Daniel Kerludia. Kur- I can't, I can't pronounce his last name. I'm really sorry. He was a uh, film. He was yeah. filming Nope at the time, so he couldn't. Daniel Kaluya. Yes. Yeah. He was supposed to come back as Wakabi, but he had scheduling conflicts with filming Nope. Yeah. But I really did enjoy Okoye. the The suit, the suits were a little much. Like the yeah. the, blue, the midnight, like the the name was cool. Yeah. But for Okoye to get a suit that now she's like using all the time, I was like, that kind of goes against her. She's very traditional, like the whole thing with the spear versus the daggers thing. Yeah. I was like, oh, all right. Well, this is, this is where we're at, Power Rangers. Yeah. Okay. Because it was like, it looked almost like it was meant for underwater, like for that specific reason to fight. Underwater, yeah. Uh, I, I agree. Underwater. But then we see at the end of the, end, the, end of the movie when she's, bailing out ross from the cia band you know gotta show my face too so he knows it's me yeah but yeah that was a little a little weird but any let's talk about some thoughts about where we think the franchise is gonna go i have no problem with umbaku being the king of wakanda and shuri being the black panther yeah i think it makes much more sense i think i want to see the two of them interact in like a like a king and advisor kind of way yeah. That's not to say I don't think Shuri would have been a bad queen. I just don't think where her character went in this, she wasn't the right choice. Yeah. And that has nothing to do with, with hierarchies or male-female dominance or kings versus queens. It's just like I like, – because Ramonda does a great yeah. job as queen. Yep. Like she's badass. I loved it. Oh, yeah. But I just don't think Shuri was there at the time. Maybe nah, later I've... on she could take the role, but – yeah, she's she's not really in the right mental state to do it, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, and plus again at the end of the movie, she walks away from Wakanda to go to Haiti. Yeah, to you know, to, to finally spend. mourn. Yeah, so you know, who who knows it could be something where, you know, Black Panther is now part of the Avengers and is going around country to country with, you know, your new Avengers. And like you said, you do have Mbaku as the king of Wakanda. Yeah, but, you I'd know, be, I, I think the it. way that it was set up, it's that's the that seems to be the way they're gonna go. Is he's going to be king? Mm-hmm. So. I I hope so, and I I wouldn't mind seeing both of them in different roles in new Avengers movies because we have two Avengers movies coming out. Yes, but we couldn't tell you what the Avengers lineup is. Yeah, there's so many choices. Because there's so many that are still out there. They're either alive or we know that they're still going to be part of the MCU because of under contracts and everything. You have, you know, what, more than half of the old Avengers. Mm -hmm. And then you got all these new characters that they're bringing in that, you know, in the comics are part of the Avengers. Yeah, so... Yeah, when we get when we get closer, especially like when after Ant Man and, and Quantum Mania and all that, and like yeah. when we get close to the next Avengers movies, we're gonna speculate, or maybe we'll even get answers about who the actual Avengers are going to be. Like, is it gonna be yeah. Sam Wilson? Is because obviously Bucky's gonna be with the Thunderbolts, Elaine is gonna be with the Thunderbolts, like stuff like that. But yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see what kind of lineup of Avengers we're gonna get, especially to fight Kang. Yeah. So. Yeah, Star City rating for Black Panther. I think I'm going to go with a 3.5. I think that sounds about fair. You know, it, 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 like I said at the beginning, it didn't blow me away. It did not blow me away as much as the first one did. Mm-hmm. You know, but 
overall very solid movie. You know, like like we talked about before, Gripe was not having any mention of Avengers or any MCU character other than a passing line of the Hulk. Mm. You know, we had a great introduction to Ironheart in this, you know, to kind of get hyped up for it. But and then, you know, the whole thing with Michael B. Jordan gave it a little extra bump up there and everything. But, you know, it's one of those movies that, you know, it doesn't blow you away. You know, it's it's good. You know, I, I'll probably watch it again. Oh, yeah. You know, at yeah. some point, you know, but it's not one that it's like, oh, my God, I have to see that again. You know, I have to watch this movie numerous times like the first one did. I don't know if it was just more hype around the first one mm-hmm. than this one. I mean, this one, really the only hype around it was who's going to be the new Black Panther and how are they going to talk about, you know, what the child's death and everything like that. And the thing with this movie, too, is like it was like sad. Then it was like halfway through sad again. And at the very end, it was sad. It's like it was just a huge like it's, roller it's tough, coaster yeah. of emotions. And it's everything. tough to write. Yeah, which I'm like, was it a little too much? Did you put a little too much emphasis on you know the sadness in this movie mm-hmm. so but yeah 3.5 for me 3.5 i'm gonna give it a 3.5 also i think i gave the first one a four so yeah it's not as good as the first one which sequels tend to not be but yeah. it's still it does a good job of honoring the legacy of chadwick boseman and paying respect to him and paying respect to t'challa the characters are very well written I, oh. I have a couple one of the other issues that i had was a lot of slow motion involving the water bombs yeah. Like the first time was cool, but then they, there was a lot of slow motion in this. And I was like, I don't remember that much slow motion in the first Black Panther. And it's the same director. No. Yeah. So I thought that was a very unique aesthetic that they kept using. And I was like, okay, yeah. uh, I don't, I don't have a problem with slow motion, but just from going from the first one to the second one and having so yeah. much, I was like this a little off, but it's definitely, it's worth them worth going to. Again, it didn't blow me away either, but like, it was just a solid good time. So yeah. if you guys would like to share your thoughts with us, make sure you go to our Facebook page, the Multiverse Fancast, and you guys can leave your thoughts there. We're going to have this episode up bright and early Monday morning, so uh, make sure you guys leave comments, leave thoughts. We also have our website, themisfitfaction.com. You can find links to all of our shows and uh, all of our different you know materials and reviews and our shop where you can buy some Misfit swag. We also are on every social media. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook. Type in the Misfit Faction or Multiverse Fancast. Odds are you'll find some of our stuff. But that is going to wrap us up for today. As always, I'm Paul. I'm Ronnie. And we'll be back in a flash. See ya.